You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. This morning, as I prepare to give you the word, I just want to pray and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to take complete control here this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. I yield myself right now. I just give you this vessel, and I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me. And as you speak, you would illuminate your truth to everyone here. I pray that every spiritual ear would be opened and the spiritual eyes would be enlightened here in your house. I just thank you for what you're getting ready to do. I thank you for allowing us all to hear truth here this morning and be set free in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. My husband had something he had to do with some of my children today. So I said, all right, hon, I will get up and I will take the baton and I will um, round the corner for round two up here. And it was funny. We did something we've never done. We sat down the other night and we put together our word together. So the word he preached this morning is exactly the same word that I'm going to put forth, but it's going to sound entirely different because I'm an entirely different person. And uh, so all I know is this. You're going to hear exactly what it is you need to hear so that you can have exactly what it is that God wants you to have this day. Amen. Woo. All right. We are in the Gospel of John in the fourth chapter, and we're in this series of Mission Possible. And really the crux of it is come and see. Just come and see. Come and see how good God is. Taste and see his awesomeness. So we pick up in John 4, and it says in verse 1, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It's basically about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This is a passage about one person coming to Jesus, one person, and impacting an entire city of people. Do you know that you are contagious? You. You are contagious. I used to tell my kids when they were little, you're contagious for good or for bad, so be contagious for good because we're contagious. So here we are at a place where Jesus was actually weary. Do you ever get weary? Do you ever get tired? You know, this morning I woke up um, a little earlier than I wanted to, and there was a lot going on, and I had to take a deep breath and go, oh, there is a lot going on here today. I go, God, I need you to strengthen me. I need your help. I cannot do this apart from your spirit and your help. And you know what? God in his faithfulness gave me exactly what I need. I always need more of his strength and more of his energy. But you know what? 
Jesus knows how you get weary. He got weary himself. However, he was on a mission. He was on a mission, and nothing can stop Jesus. And I love it how in this story, this woman's name is not even mentioned. You know, I love being in the spotlight. I just do. It's my nature. It's my personality. It's how I'm wired. Did you notice that amazing blonde actress at the poker table today? <laughs> I go, excuse me, where's my name in the uh, rolling at the end of the... Uh... But this woman, the credits, but this woman's name was not mentioned. You know why? Because it's not about her. It's about all these people that Jesus needed to get to. Because God is a wonderful God. He has a big heart, and all he wants is for all his children to be blessed. And he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that happens. So as we go through this passage, there are five essential truths that I want you to see. And the very first one is this. Cross the line. Cross the line. It says in John, in the ninth verse, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you... Being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. This woman is talking to Jesus, and she's shocked. She's like, why are you talking to me? Like, first of all, I'm a Samaritan, and I'm a woman. This is very unique right now. But Jesus doesn't look at people. Jesus sees souls. That's what Jesus sees. Right now, this room is filled with souls. And really, God just sees two types of souls, those who know him and those who don't know him yet. That's all God sees. And you know what? Jesus saw a woman. And what he endeavored to do was to get to her heart because he had things he needed to accomplish. And I love the fact that it didn't matter that she was a Samaritan. It didn't matter that she was a woman. And let me just tell you this. I recognize that we all have prejudices. And I really find it quite um, maybe amazing is the word. When I talk to someone, they go, I don't have any prejudices. And I said, oh, my gosh, you are superhuman. You must be like Jesus. We all have some type of prejudices that we need to get over and cross the line. Just recently with what's been going on in the political world, you know what I've noticed, and I've never seen this before, I've seen people on one side of the camp not be nice to people on the other side of the camp. Do you know that God doesn't see any side of that camp? Doesn't see that. And we shouldn't see it either. You know, you're going to be surrounded by people who don't always see it the way you see it, but you've got to love them anyway. You, or else, this is what I tell people, go ahead and don't love people, don't forgive them, don't give them grace. You know what's going to happen at the end of the day? You'll be all alone. And if God wanted us to be alone, he would have stuck every one of us on an island, but that's not how he made it. And Jesus did not see a woman. He just saw a soul. He didn't see a Samaritan. He saw a soul. And God wants us to cross the line. You know, oftentimes I see someone and I hear this. I hear this little voice on the inside of me and it says, tell that person that I love them. Tell that person that I love them. And sometimes, do you know what I actually say to the Holy Spirit? I can't do that because of so-and-so or because of this and that. 
And you know what? I'm not supposed to respond like that. When the Holy Spirit prompts me to just tell someone, tell them how good I am, tell them how much I love them, that's supposed to be my response. So I challenge you here, when you leave this place today, I challenge you to see people just as souls and cross that line. Cross that line of I can't talk to that person. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you know what? God is actually setting you up to put people in your life. People. He's just going to set you up. And all you've got to do is open your mouth and share the love of Jesus Christ. And you never know what's going to happen. That's how I got here. That's how I got here. You know what? Somebody opened their mouth and shared Jesus with me. And here I am today. Thank you, God, for that person. Also, what I want you to see is this. You can't avoid or go around your Samarias. Remember what it said back in verse 4. It says he needed to go through Samaria. Jesus needed to go through Samaria. You know he could have went another way? I'm always amazed that there could always be another way, but the way that God goes is the way. I always cry when I think that Jesus had to go to the cross for my sins. What he had to endure for me, for my sins. And I always, in my heart, I cry out to God. I go, couldn't there have been another way? Because that is, to me, the worst way to go. And God goes, no, that was my way. Jesus goes the way he needs to go. Right now, there's something going on in your life. I want to encourage you. God knows what's going on. He's aware of every detail. And he's doing what he's doing for your good and for his glory. So do not get depressed. Don't get disheartened. He needs to do what he's doing because he's working something amazing out in your life. Something amazing is about to happen. And I love what it says in Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Stop seeing people the way the enemy wants you to see them. It's the enemy that causes division. Do you realize that? We're all one in Christ. All you need to know is, do you love Jesus? And the answer is simply yes or no. And if someone says, you know what, I'm not sure about that, well, then help them to see the truth. That's it. God wants us one. He wants us in unity. He wants us in harmony. He wants us at peace. It's the enemy that's coming to cross. He's coming to divide you. He's coming to cause division. Don't let him win. You've got an option. You've got a choice every minute of the day. Am I going to be in unity and harmony right now, or am I going to be divisive? Don't be divisive. I can't stand divisiveness. This Thanksgiving, I'm going to have a house full of people. And you know what? Everyone is uniquely different. You know what? I've made a decision. I'm loving everybody. I'm loving everybody. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what's going on. I am choosing to make a decision to love you. How about that? How about we do that and we're going to have the best Thanksgiving yet? Right? Amen. Stop letting the enemy get an upper hand because it's his tactics that's ruining everything. All right, let's look at truth number two. It's all about the gift and the gift giver. It says in John 4.10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, and who it is who says to you, it's all about the gift and the gift giver. 
What is the gift? The gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The, the gift is salvation. The gift is peace. There is a gift. And you know what? There was a day I was so unaware of the gift. I was 25 years old. I was miserable, miserable, constantly miserable. And I was running to everything the world had to offer to find my peace. And Jesus says to this woman, if you only knew the gift, the gift, and the gift giver, your whole life's going to turn around. And it was in that moment that I was introduced to the gift and the gift giver that my whole life changed. And you know what? God wants to be the game changer in your life. He wants to set you free. There's nothing worse than being depressed and miserable. Am I, can I get an amen, right? Oh, my goodness. It's the worst thing in the whole world. But there is an enemy who's alive and well, and it's him who's coming in to cause division and strife and to make sure that you're nothing but discouraged, depressed, and miserable. Do not let him win. Say, Jesus, every time. Jesus. Jesus. So I love this. It says in Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know that you can't have the gift apart from the gift giver? You know that Jesus is the gift. And he says, the gift that I give you is peace. I give you my peace. Not as the world gives do I give you. I give you my peace. Do you know that when I didn't know Jesus Christ, I had no peace? I absolutely had no peace. You know, it came to a head. I've shared this story before. And sometimes I think, God, you're so hysterical. Why did I go through this thing? And God says, so you can share it one day and be a voice of encouragement. It was right before I came to Christ. I was about 25 years old, and I'm coming down the parkway, and it was right around the holidays, and I was so miserable and depressed. I hated the holidays because that means I had to get together with people that I hated. I didn't know how to love them. Apart from Christ, you can't even love people because God is love. And I'm coming down the parkway, and it's, and it's a cold, rainy night, and uh, didn't even realize it. But uh, the lights are flashing behind me. Don't you hate that when that happens? You look in your rearview mirror and you see lights flashing. You're like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm in trouble. So the police car pulls me over and uh, he approaches the car and he goes, I've been following you for like miles. What is the matter with you? Why aren't you pulling over? I burst into tears and I go, I am so depressed. <laughs> And I started sobbing. The police officer didn't know what to do with me. He goes, all right, lady, just slow down. Slow down and just go home. <laughs> but I was so depressed. I, I had to like, it was just overflowing me. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know where to turn or run to. And you know what? You can't have peace apart from Jesus. He is the prince of peace. So it's awesome when we get him. Truth number three, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It says in John 4.13 that Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. It will become a fountain in you, and it will bring eternal life wherever you go. I was thinking about fountains of water. You've seen fountains of water. And when they're working, 
right? We've seen all kinds of fountains, but the ones that I'm talking about, the ones that are working and they're putting forth beautiful fresh water, it's coming up. Fountains are beautiful. Like we're all attracted to fountains, right? You could be out somewhere and you see a beautiful fountain and you're just drawn to it. I don't know why. We've all seen about five million fountains in our life, but we're just go, oh, I have to see that fountain and we're drawn to it. And it's like this. We receive Jesus. We receive the gift. It's in us. We become that fountain of living water. See, Jesus is the first fountain of living water. We drink of him. We take in his truth. We receive his life. And all of a sudden, we become a fountain of living water. This is what I want to tell you here this morning. Everyone in this room is going through something. Every person. There is no one that walks through life through a bed of roses and go, wow, I can't believe you're going through that. My life is absolutely perfect and nothing ever happens to me. That doesn't happen. It says, in this world, you will have trial and tribulation. You know, there are times in my life and I just go, wow, I'm so overwhelmed right now with my life because of this and that that's going on. But you know what? I run to Jesus, and I recognize that in his presence is fullness of joy. And I run to him, and I get filled up with the joy. And I run to him, and I get truth. I get the peace that I need. And you know what? I become that fountain. I become what attracts people. People are attracted to me. And it's not me, but it's the fountain. I pray over people so many times. I say, I pray when you walk in the room that they see Jesus all over you. I pray when you open your mouth that they hear Jesus come out of you. You're a fountain wherever you go. You're a fountain, and people are going to be attracted to that peace, to that joy, to that hope. And every single, listen to me, if I allowed what I was going through to affect my life, my fountain would never flow. It wouldn't flow. Yours wouldn't either. But we say, you know what, God? I trust you. I give you my life. I know that you're working something out right now. I know right now in this very second, God is doing something. He's moving a mountain on your behalf. Do you know that God absolutely loves and cares about you? You can't even imagine that love that he has for you. But when you do imagine it, when you do grab hold of it, it's a game changer. Oh, my gosh, it sets you free. The more I grab hold of that love in my life, you know what happens in my life? I become more secure. I become more confident. That's who I be. I, I become more like Jesus. That's who I become. And you know what? It doesn't mean I'm ever going to be free from stuff because we live in this world. But that stuff doesn't have to dominate us and control us and rule us. And I'd rather be a free-flowing fountain than be caught up and all that other stuff that the enemy is trying to put on you. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be troubled or afraid. Do you know that God says that over and over and over and over? You know why he says that over and over? Because we get troubled and afraid. Something happens, and in the moment, our flesh rises up, and fear takes over, and doubt creeps in. So God's right there to remind you, stop, stop. What happens when a little kid falls down and they're crying? You scoop them up, right, and you hug them, and you just tell them it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, and what happens? They calm down immediately. Whenever I'm with someone that's hysterical, I say this, start saying, Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. One time I was around someone who went into an epileptic seizure, and it was horrible, and everyone stood around not knowing what to do. I went over to this young girl, and I just started praying over her, and I said, say Jesus, say Jesus. She started saying Jesus, and the seizure ceased. Is that amazing or what? That's not me. That's him. Right? There's power in the name. There's life in the name. It's a gift. It's a gift. I love this one. You know, you know, as soon as I say this, this is my favorite point of my five points. It's point number four, and it's this. You got to get real to get the deal. John 4, 15. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. But Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. She, of course, wanted the water. She spoke the truth. This is my favorite part of this whole story. Do you know that you cannot give what you do not have? This woman was a mess. I love this woman because you know what the truth is? We're all a mess to some degree. We're all a mess to some degree. We're human. And you know what? The more we hang out with Jesus and the more we grab hold of his truth, the less of a mess we do become. But this woman recognized that she was a mess. And you know what? Listen, when I'm feeling bad about myself, what I really want to do is isolate. I want to pull back. I want to retreat. I want to go away. But this is what happened. He called her to the carpet. He said, go call your husband. And in a moment of having an encounter with Jesus, you know what she did? Something amazing. She got honest. She got open. She got real. She got truthful. And she said, this isn't my husband. I love that. She didn't have to say that, but she got real. Because in the presence of the living God, in the presence of the living truth, where could she hide? Where could she go? She said, I don't have a husband. He goes, yeah, you spoke well. You're right. I love that. She wanted something. She wanted something so desperately. And she said, you know what? I'm not going to lie, cheat, or steal anymore. I'm going to be open and honest about my situation. I'm going to be real. You know what? That's very hard for most of us to get real. You know why it's hard? Because we've spent a lifetime of wearing a mask. Because when we got real, maybe somebody hurt us. Maybe somebody abandoned us or rejected us. So you know what? We put the mask back on and we built the wall right back up. And you know what? That doesn't help you in your life. You don't get anywhere in your life. How do I know that? I could write a book on that. You know what? I was abused as a little kid by my first father who was an alcoholic. Abused. And my second father, my stepfather, sexually abused me. I was a mess. I was a mess. And I came to Jesus. But I didn't really get my healing until I got real. Until I got real. And the minute I got real, then, then God could do his work in my heart. But I was afraid to share with anyone what had happened to me. I was so afraid that someone wasn't going to understand that they were going to judge me. They weren't going to love me. They were going to reject me. That's where I was. She was in the presence of truth because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
She was in the presence of living truth, and she got real. And you know what she got in that moment? Love. She got grace. She didn't get judgment. She didn't get rejection. She didn't get condemnation. She got pure love. That's what you'll get when you go to Jesus. You will get pure love. He will never, never say, oh, my gosh, you're too much of a mess for me to handle. I can't handle you right now. That's never what he's going to respond to. I love what it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, sent Jesus to die for you and I. And he said he didn't send Jesus to condemn you. Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn you. He already knows your life. He knows what's going on. He was sent to love you. But you've got to get real before him as well. You know what? The other day I messed up. Oh, I hate saying that. <laughs> Someone said, I thought you were perfect. I go, oh. But I messed up. I just messed up. And I got before God and I said, you know what, God? I could beat myself up big time right now. Because there's an enemy that's going, go ahead, beat yourself up, beat yourself up. And I said, you know what? Wait a second. This is a gorgeous day. I want to enjoy this day. I do not want to spend this day in condemnation. So I went straight to Jesus. And I go, God, your word says that if I confess my sins, that you are faithful and just. You'll forgive me, cleanse me, set me right back on my feet and move me forward. Thank you. I'm going to receive that right now. I'm going to receive that. So today, if you're in a place where, you know what, you messed up, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. We all mess up. That's why we've got to be good at giving people grace and forgiveness. Because in the day you mess up, you're going to need grace and forgiveness. So get real good at saying, you know what, I forgive you. It's okay. It's all right. I just love the fact that she got open, honest, and real. And that she didn't get condemnation. She didn't get judgment. She got love and she got grace. And this is the point I want to make. You cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have that grace and that love and that forgiveness in your heart, you'll never be able to extend it to anyone else. But this is exactly what happened. She received that love and that grace. And this is the greatest thing that happens next. And it's point number five. And it says, well, right before I get to point number five, I have to share Psalm 51.6. It says, you deserve honesty from the heart. Yes, utter sincerity, truthfulness. You know what? God deserves our honesty. He deserves it big time. And this is what we get into now. Number five, the bigger picture. It says in John 4, 28, that the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the man, come and see. Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. See, when Jesus met this woman, and it says that he needed to go through Samaria, he met this woman, set her free, and immediately, you know what she did? She got up and she ran into the city and she started testifying. This woman, who was a big mess, allowed her mess to turn into her message. She's like, this guy knew everything I ever did. He didn't judge me. He didn't condemn me. He loved me. Oh, my goodness, you've got to come and meet this guy. You're going to get a peace and a joy that you've never known before. You've got to come and see this man. Because she received something, she was able to give something. 
When I first got saved, I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand forgiveness. I didn't understand that. This was all new for me to come to Jesus. And therefore, in the beginning when I got saved, I was one of those very religious people. I didn't understand grace. And when I finally got grace, I was able to give grace. I was able to say to people, that's okay. I forgive you. It's all right. It's an amazing, freeing thing to be able to do. So right now, only you know. Only you know if you're operating in grace. Only you know if you've received that grace from God. Because once you receive it, you're able to give it. And I love how she went into the city. And she just told everybody. You think everybody didn't know her story? Oh, that's the lady, you know. She had five husbands, and now she's with some. You don't think they knew her story? Everybody knows everybody's story. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes people say, did you hear? I go, I heard everything. (laughs) People love to share stuff. Everybody knows stuff, but this is the bottom line. When someone shares their stuff, are you going to judge them? Are you going to condemn them? Or are you going to extend grace and love and mercy? Because that's a game changer. That sets people free. We all know we're a mess. I don't need to be reminded of my mess. You know, when I messed up this week, I said to the person that I messed up with, I said, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And, you know, this person said, I love you. I know you messed up. I know you didn't mean to hurt me. And I love you and I forgive you. And I felt like someone just handed me a million dollars. And you know what? Maybe that's you. Maybe you need, maybe you need the forgiveness of God here this morning. Maybe you need to open up your heart to that forgiveness and that grace. Or maybe you need to let some of that out and just love someone because love changes everything. It changed my entire life. Who knows where I would have wound up without Jesus? I don't even want to think about it because it's too dark of a place. But I love that here is this woman. She runs into the city and she just starts telling everybody. And it says, and then they went out and came to him. She said, come and see. And they came. And then it says in verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Someone who was passing through set up camp. I love that about God. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. She went out and she told people, come and see, I just met this amazing man. He just extended love and grace and forgiveness. Oh my gosh, I feel free. You got to come and see him. So here they all come. Here they all come. Despite you and your mess, invite people. They will come. Just do it. Because a lot of times this is what we think. I can't invite anybody. I can't show the love of God. I can't reflect him. I'm a mess right now. Stop. That is the enemy speaking to your heart. You are exactly who Christ needs in the moment. You are exactly where you're at and with the person you're with because it's a setup. 
It's a setup. He knows that he can use you, rely on you, count on you just to open your mouth and bring forth hope and life and encouragement. So say yes, yes, yes. You know what? I'm going to open my mouth and I'm just going to love people to you. And you know what? Sometimes I've had the, the privilege and the honor of just praying with someone out there. I say, come on, we need to pray and receive Jesus. You know, years ago, there was a, a lovely young girl that used to come to my house, um, and she would help me clean. I loved her. Love anybody that helps me clean. <laughs> and uh, it was right around 9-11, and uh, tension was very high. And I said, you need Jesus. And I said, we're going to pray to receive Jesus. She goes, oh, no, 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 I, I, I'm not sure about that. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I said, we're going to pray to receive Jesus now. And um, I said, you're going to hold my hands right now, and you're going to say this prayer after me. Because I know better. She doesn't know better. And not in a mean way do I know better, but I know what God has done for me. And you know what? I'm that way because I want everyone to have what I have with God. So I prayed, and we prayed, and she received Christ. Do you know that she is on the mission field right now with her husband and two little kids? Isn't that awesome? You don't know who you might be talking to. Somebody obviously shared the good news with Billy Graham. Somebody obviously shared the encouraging words with Joyce Meyer and T.D. Jakes with me. You know what? I was miserable the day I got saved. I was so miserable. My husband and I had been dating about seven, eight months, and uh, we just had a big fight because I was so mad at him for doing all that cocaine. And I go, we're done. It's over. And I left to go to my aunt's house. And uh, I didn't want to go to my aunt's house, but I didn't want to cancel on her either. Even though I was unsaved, I wasn't that rude. So I went to her house. I was miserable all day long. And by the end of the night, when the kids came over with a book and I sat down, I'm reading this book, and I go, this is exactly what I said. I go, who is this Moses Jesus person? I didn't know anything. I was 25 years old. No one ever brought me to church. No one ever prayed with me, gave him a, me a Bible. I didn't know anything. I go, who is this person that you want me so desperately to know? It was my aunt and uncle who had been born again and sharing the love of God. And my uncle very patiently just sat there and just told me from the beginning how much God loved me and how he sent Jesus. And, and if he would have went to the cross just for me, just for me, that's how much God loved me. And I knew I was a mess. I knew I was a big mess, and I'm like, who would die for me? Who would love me that much that they would go to the cross and die for me? I said, what do I have to do to receive Christ? And my uncle said, all you do is say this prayer with me. It's all you do. And I said that prayer, and my whole life changed. That was, gosh, 30 years ago. My whole life changed, and I, I literally, that night when I got home, it was before cell phones, I called my husband, and I said, I just did the weirdest thing. I just prayed to receive Jesus, and I don't even really know what that means, but it just, I feel different somehow. And you know what? That was the beginning. That was the beginning of God setting my heart free. So this morning, this is my prayer. My prayer is that everyone in this room would be set free. It is not a life worth living if you're merely 
just surviving life. God said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly to the full. He wants you flourishing. He wants you thriving. He wants you at peace. He doesn't want you depressed. He doesn't want you miserable. He wants you to enjoy this wonderful life. You know what? He needed to do it the way he did it. And this morning, if you're here and you haven't found that gift, I would love for you to find that gift. So I'm going to ask everyone to do something with me right now. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head and repeat this prayer with me. This is the prayer that changed my life, and I know it'll change your life. Say, God, I know that you love me. You sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I will be saved. I want this gift. So I receive you right now, Jesus. Come into my heart and make me brand new. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've prayed it before and, I don't know, you found yourself off the path somewhere, I want you to do me a big favor. I want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand if you said that prayer, said, Jesus, come into my heart and make me brand new. Do not be afraid. Don't be shy. Go ahead. Raise your hand right now. And say, yes, I receive that gift of eternal life. I receive your gift. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. All right, I want all those people, listen to me, who raise their hand to stand up right now. Go ahead. I don't want you to be shy. Come on. All those people that raise their hand, stand up right now. Come on. Amen. Come on. 